Stephen, great to have you back on. We're uh, shaping up for a massive weekend in the Champions Cup. Uh, I suppose one province that has it all on the line getting this weekend is our Munster. You've talked earlier on the show and uh, previous weeks about how you thought some of the performances and results were just papering over the cracks. That's kind of come to fruition over the Christmas period. They um, had a really bad defeat to Ulster last weekend. Is this something that you know, you've seen? Obviously, you've seen it coming, but can they reverse that this weekend? Um, yeah, of course they can reverse that. I'm sure they have the belief that they can do that, but results um, and I suppose body language and the manner of the, of the defeats over the last number of weeks would suggest otherwise that they, that they can't do it. Um, I, I think, you know, they, they beat Connacht 19-14 in, in the sports ground. Imagine if that result had went the other way. There were only two wins from seven, and one of those was a draw against Racing at home, which probably has put them into this position of, of you know, it's winner bust uh, this weekend. So, uh, yeah, like, it, it's a tough one. I think it is a transitional period for Munster. But in the professional game, do you have time to, to experiment? Do you have time to give guys, you know, six months grace before they um, implement their game plans? Stephen Larkham coming in, Graham Roundtree, who I think, you know, his job's probably a lot easier considering he just has to get his forwards giving him front football and, and scrumming and line out working reasonably well but um, yeah it, it's bloody tough for them guys this weekend you know Racing obviously had a, had a brilliant win against Claremont last weekend 27 points to 19 they seem to have players that are on form they've won five games on the spin so um, everything stacked against Munster guys it, it's interesting Jerry Flannery and Donnick O'Callaghan were talking after the Ulster game on Air Sport about you mentioned body language there they were saying you know, that Ulster looked hungrier is that something you've noticed and it's not something you would uh, associate with Munster teams of the past no definitely not and I think you know Donnick uh, Donnick has actually been I think getting you know a bit of, bit of a hard time from um, some of the Munster guys uh, for being for being honest, really. And, you know, one of the things that he said to me is that he wouldn't say something um, on air or in a newspaper article that he wouldn't say on a team review meeting on a Monday morning. And I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. Um, you know, he if he was sat in there on a Monday after getting absolutely spanked 38 points to 17 in Belfast, you know, I, I think there would be some harsh calls being made and um, you know he said about you know it looked like the, they lacked a, a bit of passion looked like they lacked want a bit of fight the word, yeah, I think like, or what, what you know, want like, yeah. it, it's not about the systems because they're all they're all there and you do have it's like you know as you were alluding to you do have to have to take time for them to come in but that wasn't what went wrong against Ulster you know what I mean you can lose a game and there can be all a lot of different things yeah. there, the reason for it and you have to give the other team credit but he was like and these are two guys who played for Munster for a long time and they were watching it and they're not the only ones saying it either who are saying that didn't look like a team who went out there and gave it everything they had and that's an, a mad whether it's true or not even the, the fact that that's that impression is there even about, being a, talked about a yeah. club like Munster you know yeah I, I know and what what do you kind of associate with Munster over the last fifteen twenty years is you know that that passion and, and and that want to play for the jersey every single week and guys we all know like you can have bad games and you know sometimes it just doesn't happen for some reason you know it just doesn't click but it hasn't clicked now for a considerable amount of time and it hasn't been just you know that that body language or enthusiasm against against Ulster it was there at home against Leinster. Um, I think we we've seen a bit more of it um, away at Saracens when you know that agonising defeat where they actually didn't get anything out of the game. But 
yeah, it is concerning. Um, Louis Van Grand, uh, he's a type of, of head coach that walks around with a smile on his face. He's, uh, he would never pass you by without shaking hands, asking how you're doing. Um, he seems like a really nice guy. But I, I think, you know, nice guy at the minute probably isn't going to cut it. And, you know, the, the, so the, the harsh reality of it is that their season could be, uh, well, especially European season, could be over um, in a few days' time. So, uh, yeah, you know, they really got to get a grip of this. And um, I think one of the things that Donica was alluding to also was that, you know, the players have got to take responsibility. Yeah. Um, and it's not just, you know, everybody's pointing fingers at the coaches and everything else. And yes, of course, they, they take the bond of the responsibility. But the players have got to stand up. If, if, you know, it's only them that can get themselves up for the game. Uh, on the flip side, Ulster going into this weekend, away to Claremont in in absolute perfect position. This is a game that like you know, they really should grab you the scruff of the neck and try and secure that home quarter final. And they couldn't yeah. have wished for a better Christmas really, I suppose release a better match against Munster leading into it. Yeah, they they were absolutely superb. Um I'm not sure if Munster were were really bad or Ulster were absolutely brilliant. Um it was it was hard to kinda go through the analysis afterwards. Uh the likes of Stuart McCluskey was every time he touched the ball he was making two or three yards people through holes like Peter O'Mahony he got caught that Matty Ray who was his opposite number that night he went straight through the hole um, and Pete didn't hit in uh, you know Pete just had a brilliant first five or six minutes of the match and then disappeared and I'm not sure if it's a lack of rugby Connor Murray he done all the basics okay box kicking was fine uh, but the likes of John Cooney played him off the park in terms of an attacking role and you know Billy Burns uh, against Carberry I, I thought he, he outplayed him also and there were loads of matchups right across the board, and Ulster seemed to come out on top on, on all of them. Um, Ulster at the minute, you know, they're playing some super rugby. Uh, the, the likes of Marcel could see it. Jordy Murphy to come back in to the squad. Jacob Stockdale, who hadn't scored a try in the Pro 14 since the 12th of, of January 2019, he got himself another one of those lovely intercepts where he cruised underneath the stick, so he's got the confidence back. Will Addison, Stuart McCluskey, Cooney, uh, and Burns, as I've, as I've mentioned there. You know, on top of their games, I suppose they are guys. They're they're more or less fully loaded. You, you take out Carter, who was the, the signing, um, who came across from Australia, who dislocated his shoulder against Bath. You take him out, and you take Louis Ludig out. That's the only really two injury concerns that they have. Um, and you know, they're on a bloody good track at the minute. And, and you know what? I think they're nine to four this weekend to get a result in Claremont. I think it's an eight point spread. Um, I'd be back in Ulster in that eight-point spread. Uh, and you know what? I even fancy them to get, get a result over there. Yeah, God, that would be a real statement win if they could do it. I want to talk about McCluskey. We've talked about, like, you know, you mentioned a few names there, and we've kind of talked about them over the course of the season, especially John Cooney. But McCluskey's someone that we've been talking about or hearing about, I suppose, for a long time now. You know, he was kind of the, the next big guy coming through, as sometimes happens, I think, particularly in Ulster, you know. And it's not that it hasn't clicked around. Like he's a, he's having a very he's had a good career, but in terms of like even internationally, he's kind of like you know maybe dipped his toe in. I suppose is probably as much as kind yeah. of Joe Schmidt ever gave him a chance to. But his form this season does seem to have gone on another level altogether. Like I mean, and 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 is this guy someone that we should be watching out for in the spring a little bit now, given the performances you've seen him put in so far this year? Yeah, I think so. However, you know, is he going to get onto the bench? Uh, you know, as a, as a replacement, I don't think so. I think he's not versatile enough. I think he can only play twelve. Um, so you know, I think Robbie Henshaw um, has you know, has proven over the last couple of seasons that he is the man in that twelve 
for 13 jersey in the centre for Ireland, Bundy Aki also. Bundy's coming back for injury this weekend. So Stuart McCluskey, he's, I know he's playing brilliantly. But are we going to see more of him in an international jersey? My honest answer is, is probably not. And, and the reason for that is because of the, the quality of player that's ahead of him. Um, he's going to have to wait for an opportunity like a, a, an injury or, you know, he, he really impresses for a couple of weeks and, and gets a shot at, you know, say against Italy or something like that. But I don't think he's going to be thrown into the mixer against Scotland straight away. Um, I, I think he's just going to have to be patient. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe him and Joe Smith didn't see eye to eye. Stuart's the type of fella that uh, wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, you know, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, you know, Joe Smith, uh, bled blue blood uh, for a few years in, in terms of team selection so uh, it'll be interesting to see what Andy Farrell does um, and if he does mix it up and he does pick players that are on form then like Stuart will be in with a shout yeah, be interesting to see once it once it uh, once kind of we're we're heading. I suppose I suppose there's more pressing matters at hand for for this week and 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 the following week anyway. But you know, you mentioned Ulster kind of like firing on you know full cylinders. Um, only a couple of injuries. One province that you definitely can say that about is Connacht, who've been just absolutely ravaged. And I suppose it's shown on the pitch, really. You know, and like. What happened with Lancer is kind of like it's one of those things you almost didn't want to see anymore with with, with, yeah, with yeah, a team like yeah. Connacht where where it's just kind of over after ten minutes and it's 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 really like almost a dead rubber from then on. But you know they have to lose this weekend at Sportsland. It's probably too much for them to do to qualify. We've we've kind of talked about that before, but you know it's important almost for the development of Connacht and kind of like almost this coaching team so that we can kind of continue to see development and positivity that they go and kind of put in this performance. They haven't, like, you know, they could still kind of win their three home games, uh, you know, this year in Europe. And, you know, yeah. that would be something to take out of it. Yeah, I think it would. Um, I was there in 2016 when they beat Toulouse. I was at the sports ground that day, uh, 23-21, I think it was. Um and, you know, they got absolutely mauled, scrummed off the pitch. You know, I was just looking at the two packs that day. And, like, it was like men against boys. And somehow, Connor come out with the, the win. And, and, and that's what, you know, we're talking about that, that fight and that want with Munster. I think at home with Connor, you get that every single time that they take the, the, the pitch um, at the sports ground. So, I think we're going to see that. Um, I like you know Connor just sitting on eight points to lose or in, I think eighteen points in the group. So uh, in terms of even having aspirations of trying to qualify, I think those are long gone. I think you're right about just getting back to playing some good rugby. Um, Bundy Aki's coming back in. I know Cardi's had a couple of weeks off. Um, Jared, Jared Butler, uh, Colby Fanga, guys like these here are going to come in and, and add something. And I know the second row has been depleted a little bit this year also. So um, fingers crossed they can, they can put in a really good effort, a really good performance. And who knows, they might get another unbelievable result. But, you know, I think to lose if they, if they get something out of this game or they sneak it a, a win down a Galway, they'll be very, very happy and sitting in a really pretty position in their group. On the opposite end of that, Leinster, uh, I don't know what else there is to really say about them. How impressive you've been by them. They're, they just seem to have incredible strength and depth everywhere you look on the pitch and we were talking before Christmas as well about you know the out half situation Ireland with Sexton out injured obviously Carby now injured as well I think Ross Bourne has really stepped up in recent weeks as well to possibly lay a claim there to be the starting out half come the Six Nations 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, the only other person that's kind of chased them down a little bit at the minute is Billy Burns. Um, I think JJ uh, Hanron has, has been in and out. He's uh, struggling a little bit with injury. Um, so, yeah, I think Ross Byrne is definitely the front runner. Leicester, you know, everybody's talking about the strength and depth. Everybody's going, yeah, they've used over 50 players this season. You know, they've been superb, unbeaten in all competitions. But, like, hold on a second. You've got to give some credit to the, the coaching staff. Like, you know, all these players are singing off the same hymn sheet. And the reason for that is because of the coaching that they're getting. You know, Felipe Contepomi has come in this year. He seems to have added an extra dimension to their game. We all know that Stuart Lancaster has been talked about uh, as being the real catalyst involved in Leinster over the last couple of seasons. And Leo Cullen just seems to be this man manager who speaks in front of the camera who, over the last year, has just constantly had a smile on his face. And, you know, I know Foggs is away with the Irish setup, but yet again, they, they, they bring in uh, McBride, who's got massive experience, and they just seem to be able to coach their players really well. Um, and, you know, the, oh, those 50 odd players that they've used, none of them look out of place. Like, mm. they, they really don't. It doesn't really matter what opposition they're coming up against either. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're, as you say, guys, they're in a, in a fantastic place. They've got Leon, who um, are, are going pretty well in the top 14, and, and probably uh, after that defeat away to Benetton in, in the last round, you know, their hopes of, of qualification are probably over. Um, and uh, we'll come over with a more of a depleted squad, and Leinster will once again, it wouldn't surprise me if they racked up another 40 or 50 points. Uh, before we let you go, I saw you on Twitter uh, last weekend. You were uh, gloating about some of your picks with Labrooks and social media over the Christmas. Uh, <laughs> we, you have all, you've, you've tipped Ulster there earlier on. Any of the other games, any of the three matches, has anything caught your eye for this weekend? Jeez, uh, I tell you what, um, I've fancied Ulster over the last couple of seasons to get um, an, an away victory in France. I was fortunate enough to um, be in the wrong end of a, a result in the Stade. Michelin in Claremont in 2012, I think that was. Uh, we got beaten by a few points. I just think they, they're in a really good spot. And I was actually at um, Kingspan Stadium there yesterday at a function. I was chatting to a few of the players and I'm saying, you know, how's the body? You know, keep them well, lads. And they're all like, oh, we're pretty sore, you know, after the weekend. But um, the mindset getting into this game at the weekend is just to enjoy it. Just go out and enjoy it. Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy the surroundings. Enjoy the people um, and go out and express themselves. So I don't think that we're going to see this cagey Ulster team that's going to go over and you know um, try and stay in the game. I think they're going to take it to them. Uh, just like they've taken the game to the, the, their, their opposition over the last six weeks. So um, that's the reason why I, I, I would edge towards Ulster. I know they're 9-4 to win the match, but if anything, just to, to save myself, I might go on the spread of eight points, 10-11. to 11. Uh, Leinster probably going to hockey Leon. Um, can I see Munster um, getting something out of the game against Racing? Do you know, do you know what? I don't, think, I don't think I can. I'm going to go for a Racing win, um, and I think uh, the handicap is, is seven points, I believe, in, or nine points nine in points, that game, yeah. is it, guys? Yeah, nine nine points in that game. Uh, and I would say seven to ten points. But I'm just looking at the at, at the Pro 14. And, you know, Munster have, uh, I know that the Ospreys next week in the European Cup. But I think they need to get their season back on track. They've got the Southern Kings, Zebra, um, Scarlets at home, then Bennett at home and away, and Cardiff at home. You know, they're all fixtures that they can win. And that might that might be a better thing to, to focus on the league. And um, I don't think they have the squad to go on and win a European Cup. So, uh, you know, I think 
a quarter final for, for Munster is just beyond them at this stage. Uh, so I'm going to go for a Racing win. And um, the way the Racing beat Claremont last week, uh, you know, Finn Russell controlling things and Bakatawa, Teddy Thomas, and these guys, Juan and Moff will probably come back in as well. So um, I'll probably go for, uh, probably go for, for Racing 92 to beat that handicap of nine points. Um, so yeah, that would be my double. Uh, probably go with, with Ulster minus uh, plus eight and uh, Racing minus nine. Great stuff. Thanks a million, Stephen. Great stuff there from Stephen. Uh, it, I'm, I'm glad he brought up, like I begrudgingly said that Ross Bourne is the front runner to play out half, but he was dead right to bring up Billy Bourne's, uh, that the fact that he's right up behind him because if I have my way, I think at this stage we all agree that there should be 15 Ulster players starting come the Six Nations. Yeah. The, the starting team for Ulster now wouldn't have 15 players that could qualify for Ireland. Is that a problem? No, I said 15 Ulster players. We can bring some lads out of retirement. Tom Court, if he yeah. hits out on holidays to France. <laughs> he could come on for the France match anyway yeah if not, if not another one um, yeah okay there is another team that are also playing quite well at the moment is the thing uh, you know uh, Leinster they're you know just scoring the odd like 52 points a game um, that they have one or two players I think that might be just worth looking at like I'm not saying yeah impact I, look to be honest I'd, I'd have a good few Ulster players on the team um, I think John Cooney is going to be starting unless there's a kind of a you know, I look. I'm a massive fan of Conor Murray. I don't want this to be a kind of a jump on the bandwagon thing. Like, let's get the let's get a, a very good and very talented and one of Ireland's best ever players out of the team because that's what the call is for at the moment. But I yeah. just think that I would worry that there's a kind of a nothing's going to change under Andy Farrell and people are going to be, be you know playing on last year's or two years ago or four years ago's form if that particular change isn't made. But there's other Ulster guys there that are knocking on the door, like Stephen's mentioned a few of them. But Leinster are, like, they've frankly become a ridiculous team. They've they've got to the standard where they were so good that it was thrilling, right? And then they've got better again now, which is now no longer thrilling. It's boring. I kind of, like, I'm not watching Leinster games as much as I used to because... You kind of just expect them to win by forty points at the They've moment. They've become the dubs. It's they, even, kind of, they have become the dubs. Yeah, yeah, like, that's a good analogy. Even we're talking with predictions for the weekend, and you're kind of like Leinster. How long is a piece of string up against you? Know, yeah, what's the handicap? Never better than Teresa, but like other teams are the same. Or Maybe we like, should guess the Leinster <laughs> handicap for every game for the rest of the season as a as a as a game on this show. Yeah, why not? Yeah, starting next week. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, anyway, they've been remarkable, and I think that they're going to hammer Leon this week, and then God only knows what happens after that. Like uh, up next, we've got our big shout where I'm going to try and win two cakes in sports biography this weekend, and I've got a little teaser: a rugby team features in my choice. Okay. 